Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carbon, your host. Also here with me today is your co-host, Brandon Noway. He's also the host of Sports Blitz. So we're glad to have him here today. We're going to be looking over a few different things. One of them, of course, is there going to be a baseball season? We discuss all things baseball, or I should say all things about the business of baseball on this show. And today we want to take a look and see what's going to happen. Here are two different complete stories from the players, the Players Association, and, of course, MLB. Maybe that's three different things. How are you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing pretty good. I finally got to go outside. I finally got my hair cut, and it's going pretty good. <laughs> well, that's a good move. I'm still looking like the shaggy dog right now. I haven't gotten out enough. For folks who don't know, we live in Tampa Bay. One of the things about Tampa Bay that you can definitely depend upon is hurricane season. And that started this week. But the things you couldn't expect, you couldn't put on a calendar, of course, is the COVID-19, which has really kind of ravaged everybody's lives as far as, I mean, obviously the, the sickness and the death, which is, you know, who would have ever guessed this much of an impact of something like this with a pandemic? Nobody. I certainly wouldn't have thought about what it would have done to the health and the deaths in this country. To a much lesser extent is, um, is how it affects our lives. I mean, not just health-wise, but what we do day in and day out. You know, you going out and getting your hair cut. Then some other things, too, the simple joys of going to the movies or, or going to a sporting event. And and we've kind of lost that. It's it's kind of a certain emptiness in my life. I don't know about you, but it, it certainly is a part where I have to try to find to do something else besides play puzzles. Yeah, it's, it's I'm starting to get used to it, you know, just watching reruns and stuff or watching movies. But it, it'll be better when we can actually get sports back on TV, which we've gotten a little bit in the past few weeks. Fox. Sports has done what they call the rewind. And I love going back and watching some of those games with the Rays playing, whether it be Houston or the Yankees or whoever. But it's been interesting to look at some of those games and some vintage games. They actually ran like the first games, the day, the first game the Devil Rays ever played. So that was some really cool things to see. And I'm definitely probably going to keep on my DVR. And then, then when I was really reaching, start watching some of the KBA, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> Korean baseball, man. Did, did you check any of that out? I watched it maybe the first week or two, and then after a while, I kind of checked out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I'm I'm looking for those familiar names, the coaches, you know, the players, all that, and I couldn't invest enough of myself into the Korean baseball uh, league to to get there. It was great to watch. It was great to see something that's live. And it was even kind of more interesting watching the commentators who were basically three different places and from home or something, remotely calling a game, which is kind of strange. Yeah, it, it's interesting to watch how they're broadcasting the games themselves. It's just crazy and cool to watch at the same time. It is. It is indeed. I want to pause for a moment because we've had to face something, you know, in this in this country and the world for many, many years. I mean, of course, that talking about the, the racism and more specifically the death of George Floyd you know, a little over a week ago. And then the community of people rising up, you know, protesting about this, giving a voice to the pain uh, that probably George Floyd's family is feeling. 
and getting a message out there. And I think the thing, you know, looking at next is a lot of people feel they, the need to say something about this. They feel the need to get out there. And I'm not just talking about the protests. I'm talking about leaders. And, you know, see, see some leaders saying some things that are, that are heartfelt and well-meaning, but not necessarily hitting the mark sometimes. And it's, it's hard to think of how, I mean, myself, I'm not going to say anything. And I'm, I'm just going to say is it was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to have happened that man. And for those people to do the things they did, I want to call them police to do the things they did. But it's, it's difficult for anybody to speak in as intelligently and passionately as they can without offending some folks. And, you know, I'm going to step away from George Floyd for a moment and think about what we were seeing with the Houston Astros and how some of what Crane said things is like, what? You know, don't you have a crisis management person? Don't you have somebody to teach you about what to say and not continually say something stupid in front of the public? And you don't have to keep coming back and apologize. It's tough. It's tough. And, and then how quick do you come out? You know, some people have been critical of the race, not saying something about the whole George Floyd and the, the racism, which is, like I said, he is just kind of a pivot point or a moment in time for people to look at what's happening. You know, what, what, do, what do the uh, league say? What do the team say? What do the players say? And does it matter? You know, I, we put the teams and the players up on a pedestal as a leader and look to them for some kind of, I guess, with social media to speak out on these issues. But I think it's a, it's a lot to put on them. But they can't stay silent. Yeah, I agree. Like, you can't stay silent on it. But your words, even though they can do a lot, there's only so much that they can do before, you know, you have to take action. And, you know, I believe you don't have to speak on it, but if you're taking an action towards, you know, getting to the goal of equality for all to where everybody's treated the same, then that's, to me, is either just as good or better than putting out a PR statement like some of these leagues are. Right. What are you going to, what actions are you going to take? And without getting too much into it, it's been really big in the media about Drew Brees from the uh, from the Saints and some things he said about people who would take a knee, you know, and what the the American flag meant to him and how he saw that as an insult. Later, he got quite a backlash from that, you know, mostly from well, from other players as well as the community and on. He didn't he didn't see what he was doing as far as it during this time. The wrong thing to say, maybe any time. It didn't include the circumstances that we live in right now. It was it was not compassionate. It was not personal about that. Now, on the other end, he came back and recanted some of those things and said he did not mean to hurt anyone. And I was looking earlier today on ESPN, and even Coach Dungy said, look, he's, he's a good guy. This is the wrong thing to say. He's done good acts in the past. This one was not a, a great thing, but he's apologized. He said, and I think he'll do good acts in the future. And I think that is a, a, a spirit of compassion and forgiveness. I think that we all need to, to apply for to what we see and what we hear about people these days. It's so easy to be critical. 
Yeah, and I mean, I understand where Drew Brees is coming from, you know, with the military background. I mean, my grandfather, he was in the Army in Vietnam. But it kind of did seem like a little bit, you know, like tone deaf or missing the mark, especially at a time like this. But I, I really do agree with Tony Dungeon to where he has done good things. Maybe he just misspoke, said the wrong thing at the wrong time. And he ultimately does more good than he does that. Yeah, and, and the whole thing about forgiveness. So I I think that's the right path to take with anything like this. I think you hit, the, hit it on the mark, too, about being tone deaf. And it, it's sad, but it was true. And I hope that good things come from all this. But one of the things that I think Drew Brees said something to is about taking action toward, you know, maybe he shouldn't really be talking about this anyway at this time. So I think those are important to, to think about because there is that old hashtag STFA, shut the f- up, you know, and <laughs> I, I think that we can always take that, you know, silence is golden, uh, some of those. But it's but going back to what he was saying and a lot of people saying, it's what are you going to do actionable? I mean, right now, due to this terrible, horrible thing that happened, uh, that it has raised up awareness or at least visibility on the news and in the streets of people looking at the ugly face of racism, looking at the ugly face of just basically I don't care, you know, about what I'm going to do to another human being. And that awareness, while it's there today, what happens with it next? Does it go to legislation? Does it go to people going to community meetings and do, or going ahead registering to vote? What What is it going to be from there? And what are the everyday things that they can do, you know, to kind of go ahead and make sure we have – I don't think we're ever going to erase racism, but try to stop it, try to, you know, beat it up any way we can in, in our daily works. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to be able to completely get rid of racism, at least not in my lifetime at all, which is sad to say considering, I mean, I'm 21, but hopefully – this is the start of it getting the ball rolling to where it really we start to get rid of all the you know the hate and the nasty and we just treat people the same no matter what. I agree with you. I think the way to do that too is the accent we were talking about. Here's something interesting I was looking at too. I mean, you're looking at Colin Kaepernick. He's basically been you know based uh, what banned from playing in the NFL now with. The way the temperament is now, will people take a second look? Will they say, you know, maybe maybe it's okay to bring Colin back in. Maybe it wasn't such a terrible thing that he was doing that, you know, we've got police in, down on one knee as well. You know, we've got all these other things going on. Do you think, as far as looking toward actions, do you think something as, as simple as that might happen? I believe it could possibly because, I mean, we've seen him. He's... It sounds like he still wants to play. Of course, he had a workout a year ago. He worked out. He could get a sign, or he could sign as a backup somewhere. I don't know if he could be a starter, considering he's been out of the league four years. But the thing is, would he want to come back now? And would it look like a more of like a, a PR move? Like, look, yeah. we, we it's pretty much known now that they blackball him out of the league. They're going to be like, look, we kicked him out of the league, but now we're bringing him back. Look at us. We're not racist. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid that would probably be the case, too. And 
I just hope whatever works out best for Colin is the way it should be. But I, I think you're probably on the mark with that. But and there are guys in the league that have done way worse things than what he did <laughs> that are still in the league. Well, well, you several shows ago, you and I were talking about what throwing furniture out into a pool. And, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, a, a player doing that, and geez, maybe a suspension comes, and nobody ever gets obliterated out of the league. But looking back toward action, it's, it's interesting too. Uh, Stephen Smith, long before this happened, as you know, from ESPN commentator Stephen A. Smith, he was bringing up the inequality in baseball. And I've never really thought about it much because I always thought, well, 30% of our players come from other countries. But I was doing a little homework, and it was interesting to see that Jackie Robinson retired from baseball back in 1956. The number of African Americans in the game then was 6.7%. Today, 7.7%. <laughs> Okay, that just that just sounds outrageous, and I've I've got to do some more homework because one, that's very very sad if it's true. I can believe that it's very low. I don't know, I don't know. You know, I mean, sometimes I think it's what was ever done at a to involve people at an earlier age to get them involved with baseball. Do we have scouts who look, you know, with a prejudiced eye, whether they know it or not? Has there just not been enough availability? Has there just not been enough play? But those are sort of things, though, where as far as we're going to, people need to take action. They can look at that and say, okay, if that's the case, and if there has not been an encouragement or selection of African American players, what can we do as an industry to change that? I think, like, that could be one small little action, you know, that we people who are invo- involved with sports and baseball could take to make a difference. We're not going to change the world, but can we change this small little piece here and open up a bigger door? Yeah. I mean, it's, it'd be nice to see them try, and they have tried, you know, the, the Jackie Robinson League and all the inner city, inner city programs that they have. But it's going to be tough because, you know, being younger, a lot of kids my age and younger, even a little bit older, baseball isn't really on the front of their mind, you know, it's more, you know, the NBA, the NFL, stuff like that. And well, they don't really pay attention to baseball as much. That's that's an important thing to note, uh, too, when I think about it, Brandon, because, I mean, I hear criticism of baseball that basically it's an old bunch of retirees going out to the game, that while it was America's game, it has certainly fell to the you know, wayside in, in many cases. I mean, that's that's a perspective on that. The the crowds are not there that they once were. You know, even though we've got 164 games or whatever a year, we're not seeing the crowds with younger crowds. We do things that have events and such, and you can maybe bring them into some of the ball, smaller ball fields. As far as incorporating youth into baseball, it's going to be difficult. I don't know. I mean, certainly a lot of youth interest today, like you're saying, is not going to be first thing to do. Let's go play baseball. So I don't know. But let's talk about that, because the other part is what's going to happen with the game? We're talking about a game that's already struggling a little bit, and we're going to say, hmm, are we taking a year off? Are we going to come up with something that makes sense for both the players, the owners, and I'm sorry, the fans as well? Yeah. I mean, this is a three-tiered, or I should say three-pronged approach that needs to be addressed. I mean, there is three different types 
of people who have an interest in this. And right now, two of them can't play together. And that's MLB and MLBPA. The play, uh, they can't seem to get together on, on the same page with this. COVID-19 has certainly racked them. Uh, I don't know what to say about it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's really something where this, this big league, it can bring in billions of dollars year after year after year and continue to make more money year after year after year. Then all of a sudden you get a year, a curveball gets thrown in there, pun intended, <laughs> and you can't play for a while. And then all of a sudden you lose all this money and you can't afford to pay anybody. It just makes like no sense to me at all how they can make so much money. The owners can be worth so much money. And then when it comes down to it, it's like, uh, I don't, I don't think we can afford that. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because I truly believe that the owners could do more than what they're doing. And they want to come up with a 50 game scenario. And I think some players are saying, you know, with my health and the limited amount of money I'm going to get back with that, I just don't know if that's worth it. And their health, I think sometimes if you think from both from a perspective of COVID-19 as well as basically, you know, if you're a pitcher or something, an injury, you know, what, what is that going to mean? Because again, we're talking about the 50 game proposal, which is from the uh, the owners association. As a fan, how are you going to measure that year? I mean, we're looking at somebody was quoting the other day saying, "Well, you know, you look at the first 50 games of the Nationals last year. They stuck. You know, they they lost half of their games at least, at least half. They were probably closer to 30 losses out of the first 50 games." Yeah, I believe they're like 19 and 31. Yeah, somewhere around that. There are people saying they should fire Davey Martinez. Yeah, well, that that tells you something right there. So can you imagine, I mean, if that was last year, he would have been fired after, you know, 50 games. But I don't know. I mean, this is definitely going to be an asterisk season. There's no doubt about that. The whole year is going to be asterisk (laughs) because nobody can be to their normal, normal life. No. No, I think it's unfortunate. I mean, I, the players want to play enough that it's going to make a difference. They they were looking at their proposal to the MLB that doing 114 games. And MLB said, guess what? We're rejecting your proposal. We don't want to be playing baseball all the way up through November next year. I don't know about you, but listening to all this back and forth, the news coming out, I honestly don't even know what's real and what's fake. Yeah. You have the owners, they'll say one thing, or the 114-game proposal that the players put out. They said, we don't want that. We're going to, we're not going to counter offer at all. And then some owners say they'd rather punt the season and wait till next year, which would be really practically a suicide for baseball, which is already in enough trouble. And then they have the 50-50 revenue split, which the owners said they put out there, and then I heard Trevor Bauer on an interview this morning. He said that that was fake and they, that wasn't real at all. So <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I love Trevor Bauer. It wouldn't shock me if they come out and say none of this happened at all. It was just made up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like years ago there was a TV show called Dallas, and there was a whole season where they killed off one of the main characters. And then um, the following year, the next season, somebody was just 
coming out of the shower and it was just a dream they had about the person being dead for a full year. So maybe this is just one of those sequences where this year is just actually some kind of a bad dream and we'll make up and it'll be all, all different. But it is going to be interesting because 2021 is the year where the collecting bargaining between MLB and MLBPA, there's supposed to be a whole new contract then, a whole new agreement. Yeah, we think the negotiations, negotiations are crazy for this season. Wait till we get to the CBA. Yeah, that's going to be a whole other beastie. It'll be fun to watch. It looks like the NBA is finally trying to get something put together. They're pulling together, trying to put a proposal and limited number of games, limited number of teams. Really talking about only 20, I believe. And it uh, looks like the playoffs will be in Disney World. Yeah, they would do. Just when we started recording, the breaking news came on the ticker on FS1 that they did approve this format. And it would be a 22 team playoff with 13 Western Conference teams and nine Eastern Conference teams. They'd do like a sort of a play in tournament for the, the eighth seed, which it's a really weird. A really weird situation that they're putting together here. You have the eighth seed enters a double elimination tournament. If the ninth seed finishes a regular season within four games of the eighth, and then the ninth seed will enter a single elimination tournament. And I've heard about this for like the past week, roughly, and it still doesn't make much sense to me. I'm still confused by it. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, because let's face it, the most basketball I've seen this year has been the uh, the last dance with the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, see Michael Jordan and all that experience. But I, w- I would hope that they'd be able to come up with something. Again, whatever they do, I don't think it's going to be something that makes everybody happy. But I think there's enough fans out there who want to see basketball, want to see baseball, want to see hockey, football, all of these things. And, it's it's again, it's a challenging year. You know, it's uh, as you were talking about, don't know what to believe. <laughs> Did you hear about the coach from FSU, what he's saying? He's, he was oh, yeah. <laughs> talking about sitting down with the players and kind of going over how the world is and how they're going to one by one talk to them about these difficult times. And then one of the players says, what? What? <laughs> no, that didn't happen. <laughs> everybody keeps shooting themselves in the foot lately. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I go back to hashtag STFA, man, or ST, <laughs> STF, whatever. <laughs> but I thought, get get out of here. Why, why don't oh, you, you don't have to have crisis management to know what to say and not to say? I mean, one, don't lie. <laughs> and if you know, if you're not lying, make sure you're not exaggerating. And another rule should be: think about how this impacts other people, and also think, oh, will there be any Pushback from this too. I mean, there's just just a few questions a person should ask themselves before they throw something out there to the media or put it out on social media. Uh, God bless them all. God bless them all. So I don't know. So what do you plan on? What are you looking forward to? Is it, is it the NBA? Is it the uh, hockey league? What What are you right now, Brandon? What's What's the most uh, interesting thing or that you're excited about? Um. Well, I'm looking forward to, in a few months, 
what it's looking like we could possibly have where we could have the NHL and NBA playoffs going at the same time as college football and NFL. Wow. And that would just, you want to talk about a dream weekend where you could have the NBA finals, possibly Stanley Cup final, and a weekend full of football. That's just like a dream right there. Wow. That can make all this, you know, quarantine, staying at home for two months, that can make it worth it right there. <laughs> I wouldn't do it again, but it'd be worth it. <laughs> if those are the only fruits we can get from this labor, I'll say, yeah. That, that does sound like an exciting time. And people at Vegas would be busy again with the books and all that. So it's, I, I'm looking forward to seeing something happening too. I hope there's just some sort of baseball season, but I'm beginning to think more and more there will not be one. And not unlike you, I worry about the future of baseball with that, with that uh, not being a season, with there not being a season this year. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen after that. So we'll see. It's, it's interesting. A sport that has no caps, you know, it's also the one that's <laughs> suffering the most. Yeah. I heard Trevor Bauer in that interview as well. It was on the Pat McAfee show. You can find it on YouTube, the, the whole interview. He said that he's about 95 to 100 percent sure that there will be a season. So that sort of adds to the confusion and not knowing what's going on at all. Well, that's all I got to say is let's stir the pot one more time and see what they're saying in a week. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, is there any other final thoughts or words you'd like to share with everybody? Not that I can think of. Okay. Well, we'll get to it together. Oh, one last thing. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, you heard about Chris Archer undergoing thoracic surgery. Yeah, I heard about that. I don't, I don't know what it is. I've heard of it. it. It sounds pretty serious. It does, and I don't know that he's going to be playing next year. And, you know, the Rays, the Rays must be counting their lucky stars on looking at the the deal that they did to get Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows out of that deal. And uh, I wish the best for Chris Archer. I loved him while he was here. He's a little controversial sometimes, but that's fun. I like it. I like somebody with a little verb going on. He got on my nerves a little bit sometimes, but he was a pretty good pitcher. And they showed his stats. He had like a 492 ERA since getting to Pittsburgh. And it's like the Rays really, they basically went up to Pittsburgh with a, a ski mask and a 45. Ooh. And robbed the Pirates. Ooh. Yeah, well, robbed the Pirates. I like that. Uh, it pains me to say that because I have, or at least on my mom's side, is from Pittsburgh. So it pains <laughs> me to say it a little bit, but at the same time, I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> well, on that note, again, I'd like to thank you, Brandon, once again. And uh, it's been another edition of Baseball Biz. Look forward to talking with you soon and sharing with our fans also. It was fun as always, and thanks for having me. You've been listening to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Harbett, and I want to thank you again for joining us this week and look forward to talking with you again soon.